Hello. Hey. Yeah, it's on. Thank God. Okay, I thought yeah, it finally. really let us down. I'm happy we are in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Blackberry man. Thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you, Sai. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it feels great to have someone like you on the show because you know, I'm sure you have an amazing story to tell. I've given a small intro about you already, but you know that is nothing compared to what you've actually done. So uh, let's begin. Absolutely, I'm excited because I've been uh, following your content for a while as well. So as you know, I have like almost a zero content consumption policy now. Okay. Um, but you're one of the few people that I follow. In fact, in 2018, I just switched off all my social media channels. Took like a break for three months. But oh yeah, was, this was when when you were uh, traveling, right? Yes. Yeah, so I did sort of a digital minimalist experiment where I wanted to have zero consumption from other people. I would only create my own content, but not see anything that people are posting. Wow, that that how did that feel? I mean, initially I thought uh, probably I'm going to be labeled as ignorant and arrogant and uh, whatever it is, but I've never cared about those things. And it sort of goes with the persona as well. <laughs> so oh. what happened eventually is I realized that I could do a lot of deep work without any distractions. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, there's a flip side to it that you miss out on conversations that you could have engaged with, right. uh, which which would have which by means of which you could have added value to other people and also created value for yourself. Right. However, it was a beautiful experiment, and I think everyone should do that at least once. Wow. How crucial it is, do you think, for an individual to do what you've done, to, to have a complete digital detox? I think, in see, one, then there are two sides of this. Now, I see a lot of people who are talking about, you know, let's say, just, just at a basic level, forget about marketeers and, uh, you know, growth, startup growth people and people who have to use the devices as part of what they do. But in general, people are talking about, you know, Everyone is on their phones. Everyone is on their phones, always complaining about, you know, when you go in a restaurant and families are sitting together, but everyone is on their phones. Sometimes I feel, you know, what is one person going to sit there alone, uh, just eating the same thing every day going to do if he's not on the phone? I mean, it's also, if you look at it, no one is troubling each other a lot. In uh, when you go and board a flight, so I have to, of course, uh, fly a lot. And when I board the flight, I see, Sometimes uh, I noticed before that there are people, they want something, they want some entertainment, they're calling the, uh, they, they're calling the service again and again, and just on their phones, they're like these holy cows and they're so peaceful. And sometimes <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like that they have something to do which is uh, for which they are not dependent on the external environment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't see the side of it, but the opportunities that the devices have created, not just for, for reaching out to a mass audience or connecting with people, but just for you to do something that you want to do alone. Right. And not because not everyone wants to, you know, write creative stories or uh, phase out in a peaceful environment and just read a book. Not everyone is the same. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I have, I think I've grown up in this social media era, right? When I started my company, social media was very minimal. I mean, it was just that kind of a a phase when it's just starting. 
because we did not have that strength of Instagram. People did not understand Facebook. Actually, that added to my advantage because when I was posting everything about my business, people used to get in touch with me and give me orders. Now it is not the same anymore. But do you think being uh, completely away from the digital life, do you think it did something different for you? I mean, did your mindset change? Are you, have you come back into the digital world uh, thinking like a better person now? Not just mindset. I think my entire brain chemistry changed at that point of time, man. Because, see, mindset, I believe, is something you can change in any situation, in any environment. You have the power to just decide, okay, this is how I want my brain to work. This is how, because perception is everything, right? How we perceive things is what defines what we are. That's, that's true. That's all true. But this was more like a deep uh, chemical change in the brain. I don't know how to define it, but let's say when I was outside of, I, I, I read about this um, in one of the books as to how this relates back to evolution and ancestors, like a notification on an app for us mm. feels like an attack from a predator. And then we have to, our instinct of survival comes in and then we have to check it and all of those kinds of reactions happen in the brain. Wow. And, and when I don't have these distractions, I feel like, you know, imagine you sitting in a forest and there's this, basically you know that you're safe, you're in your cave, there's no wild animals around you, you know that this area has, uh, you can just focus on what you're doing. But the other, other thing is you are middle of a forest with all the wild animals around you. And in all of these times which our ancestors have gone through, we've developed this instincts of reacting to noises and, you know, even, even every message on WhatsApp or Instagram or notification from Facebook creates the same reaction in the brain, mm. which you would, uh, which is, which leads you, you know, takes you back in the survival mode and too much of it is stressful. That's, that's what stress is. A little bit of it is okay, which is good for you because you have to be ready for things, but too much of that is how, is how we define stress. And that becomes, that becomes a major issue for a lot of people. Now, wow. it, yeah. So said that, I think with that analysis, Mm. I actually felt, so this is one part of it is reading something in a book. And the way I read books is very different. What I do when I read a book is I see the, I see what's written in the first chapter and then I close the book and I'll go ahead and execute it. Right. I'll just execute mm. the first chapter and not go to the second chapter until I execute it. And this is in fact how I started traveling. So I was reading the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. I'm not a believer in working four hours a week. Uh, mm. Let me say that first. I love to work. But one of the chapters said, try this out, book a one-way ticket to Vietnam. Mm. Okay. And that, that's it. I just put a bookmark on the book. I closed the book. I went to skyscanner.com and I booked a one-way ticket to Vietnam. Oh that's, my God. That, that's it. I didn't, I didn't believe in Tim Ferriss completely. I, I still don't subscribe to all the ideas about doing less work. Uh -huh. I, I, I love to work, but that just, that just one statement I, I asked myself, this, this is the time I was running Maplings with 25 employees. This was 2016, 2017 is when I had booked. So to 2016, end of 2016, I read this chapter. Mm -hmm. for, the, for, for January 2017, I booked my tickets. And I, first I asked myself, can I do this? Do I have the freedom to do this? And then I said, probably I cannot because I have 25 people. I have 60 clients who we work with. I have to take care mm. of all of this stuff. Mm. And then I said, is this a life worth living when I cannot do this? You know, this is the first, this is why I started this business in the first place. Why can't I manage these people online? Why can't I train them? Why can't I put process in place? I don't want to shut down my business, but I just want to make right. sure everyone is, 
has a process in place. I can manage them from anywhere. Let me do this as an experiment. And I just booked that ticket. I just booked that ticket the same time when I was reading the book and I went off to sleep and it was the most beautiful sleep I had. Man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that is some sleep. Huh? That is really some sleep because, you know, I was following you on your journey through your social media and uh, you had posted a few videos and all these things. I have to say, you, you did have a lot of fun. I know it's very interesting. How was your childhood like? I mean, like, were you an entrepreneur always or it is something that just came into you because you just couldn't work for someone? I want to tell you a very small story. So my mom is a doctor and my aunts and my grandfathers, my father was a doctor. Uh, Basically, my family is full of doctors. And one of the things that you, uh, the the sort of a fringe benefit that you get being in a doctor's family is that you get a lot of these gifts from medical representatives of yes. the drug companies. This doesn't happen anymore. Um, yes. there's, there's, there's a lot of rules around it. It was fun. You know, I used yes. to like it. Yeah. And uh, you used to get these sample drugs. Yes. The sample not to be sold stuff. Yes. So I used to sit, wait outside my mom's clinic. This was when I was uh, probably like 12 years old, 12 to 15 mm. years old. And that uh, I did a lot of this. And I used to sit there and I used to wait for the medical representatives. And I used to crack a deal with them. And I used to tell them, hey, listen, I know why you're here. You know, give the gifts to me. I'm going to tell my mom to write these medicines for you. Because she's busy. She has a lot of patients. You'll probably not be able to meet her now. <laughs> okay. uh, and they used to be like, okay, what can this kid do? Let, let's just give some... Uh, so they used to give me some toys and, you know, uh, of course, they never gave me the medicines, but they used to mm-hmm. give me some toys. But I knew where all these sample medicines are. So there's a box in my mom's clinic where I know that all uh-huh. these sample medicines. So I used to take all the sample medicines and I used to sell them to the pharmacy. Uh-huh. And then I used to take all the gifts and sell them to kids in my school. Oh, fuck. So I had two different revenue streams when I was 15 years old. And <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> product. Like, I was... I mean, come on, drop shipping is popular now. But this was, <laughs> I, was, I was everything, man. I was logistics. I was the procurement. I was, I was the team. I was everything in this business. And I had these two revenue streams. I used to make a few dollars probably. And uh, it doesn't matter how much I make. It, oh, it my God. This is like, this is like <laughs> listening to Gary Vaynerchuk in Indian Wars. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I see a lot of people, in fact, not just Gary Vee, but a lot of people who are doing mm-hmm. all of this stuff now have some stories from their life where you know, they have these, um, they have these uh, sort of brain attacks of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout their childhood. And, then, and, and you don't realize it back then. I think you realize it only now that I'm doing this, mm-hmm. I, I can think of so many things that I did in, in school and in college and all of these places. When I was trying to hustle, you know, I remember when I was, um, I was in uh, school, I was just finishing, going to finish school. Mm. And I found it, I found out a way to hack uh, Hotmail passwords. And what I would do is there was, there was something called the MSN messenger, right? Where you right. Say, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's very nostalgic now. I used to go there and there used to be a social media platform called high five. Uh-huh. Yes. Right? 
I used to find out people who are dating each other on High Five, so it was really cool to upload it there because there was no parents on High Five. Yes. So I used to find out a dating status, and then I used to and then I used to create a page which looks exactly like Hotmail, and I used to say that Do you know that this person might be cheating on you? Find out their Hotmail password now, and this is the link. And I used to send them that link. Then they used to click on the link, which looks like Hotmail, and they used to say. Do you want to find out this person's password? First, you have to log in for your Hotmail ID, and then people used to log in. I used to get their passwords. So I basically had an Excel sheet of all the passwords of either the boyfriend or the girlfriend. <laughs> oh shit! It was just twelve minutes in, and this podcast just took a very drastic turn. And I could sell this to the to the to their better half. You know, it was. <laughs> and you know how how dating works when yeah. you know when you're in you you you're probably. seeing three other guys or three other girls yeah and uh, this is this is the service i was offering and i was i was like people used like dps i was in saint columbus in delhi mm-hmm. and um, we had the dps and convent of jesus and mary's and there are other schools as well everyone knew that this guy is the guy to reach out to if you want to find out information okay so that was again i think an interesting business then uh-huh. There's a lot of similar stuff I can think of now, but when you're doing this, when you're doing this on the journey, you uh-huh. don't really realize. I think one of the things that uh, humans lack the capability of is to see things in a very long timeline. Right. Which is one interesting thing that I noticed about my. So you've seen my story about the mutual fund investments. Yes. That you know people are not able to visualize what happens to this money in ten years or twenty years. People just think about what's going to happen to this money in one month mm-hmm. and three months. and i think there's a lot of this new stoic fear in people about uh, you can die tonight and you can die tomorrow morning <laughs> that's all true but i want to save money in the next 10 years it's no problem you know <laughs> i think for i mean that money is still going to i mean honestly if i die tomorrow my money is still growing <laughs> yeah yeah actually yeah actually yeah it is that way So when did you become an entrepreneur, like a serious person? I think your uh, company uh, is called as Maplings. Am I right? Correct. So Maplings was um, on paper. Maplings has been incorporated in two thousand fourteen. Okay. But in two thousand nine, I had started looking for some freelancers. So how it started was in two thousand nine, I had a LinkedIn profile. I was too young to have a LinkedIn profile, but I had a LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. and i reached out to some american companies saying that you have a shitty website and mm-hmm. if you get it if you get it done in the us it's probably going to be 500 dollars but i'll do it for 50 dollars and 50 dollars was nothing even in that time it was nothing right and and the guy replies to me and says um, this is a great plan but i think i'll pay you 200 dollars <laughs> all right let's do it and i outsourced it for 50 dollars I uh, to one of my seniors I got it done for $50. I got to $200 and then I had $150 and then I said why don't I get another one and I have $300 and why don't why don't I get two more? And that's that's how it started basically. And by 2011 I was I was in my second year in college. I started from Delhi and Indraprastha University and I was in the second year and I realized I am making more than what mm-hmm. my seniors who are getting placed in IT companies are making. Right? Wow. 
And how old were you? So I said, this is not for me. How old are you in second year? It's probably like, this is 2012, I finished college. So 2010, 2009 to 2010. So I'm 29 years old now. Oh my God. <laughs> oh so my God. I'm I think- 29 years old right now, Rishabh. And we both had a very different 2010. So what were you doing in 2010? I would love to know that. I was just getting into a relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, well I, I married the person I got into a relationship with. That is a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. But the, your, your story is like hustle, your hustle, hustle. Paid off, just like <laughs> <laughs> My time investment paid off. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's not going to like this. <laughs> no, I think one of the things I want to clarify is there, there's only one mm-hmm. type of investment, man. It's only the time investment. There's no other type of investment. Amazing. I, when, when people say, I'm going to invest kind and cash and resources they're just talking about time it might be other people's time mm-hmm. it might be your employee's time it might be your freelancer's time it might yeah. be your time, but it's always time there is nothing else that's why absolutely i just believe in that old saying about time is money but yeah. i believe more that other people's time is better money than <laughs> yeah <laughs> than my own time so that's yeah that's right so yeah that was 2010 man that was 2010 wow So, uh, 2014 was when you uh, incorporated Mappings. I think we met in Sunday Soul Sunday, if I'm not wrong. You guys like uh, doing the Snapchat story of all the cool stalls. And uh, I was there. So, were you you always uh, into the advertising space or creating space? Or did you do anything before this? So, when I started, I started with websites. And I, it, it, I actually have a childhood story, which I want to tell you. Yeah. Because I'm, so, I'm from a small town. I am from Bhopal in Madhya Pradesh. Okay. And um, I, I lived, I, my dad died quite early when I was seven years old. I'm very sorry. I lived with my uh, grandparents for a while because my mom was struggling. She was uh, trying to get a stable job in Delhi. She wanted to move me to Delhi for better education. And uh, when I uh, was with my grand, my grandparents were in Agra. So I was living in Agra. Mm-hmm. When I was in fourth standard, my mom was quite stable. And she said, why don't you move to Delhi? And in fifth or sixth standard, I moved to Delhi. Okay. And I found they had a computer room in my school in Delhi. Like I was in an amazing school. But in Agra, we had, we hardly spoke English, man. Like we had no mm-hmm. computers. Uh, no English classes. It was it was a basic school. It was a good school, but uh, mm. was anything was something very new for them. And when I moved to Delhi, people were doing presentations on PowerPoint. And the first day I went in the computer room, I knew nothing about how to. I didn't know how to turn on the system. Mm. And, and I was made a lot. I was made fun of the first day. And the next year, I knew that we we're going to do HTML was in the syllabus the next year. I went home. Um, I told my mom, this is how kids are in Delhi. This is how it works. I just mm-hmm. heard stories about this and it's all true. And she said, no, don't worry. It's just like, you know, you'll take some time to adjust and it's going to be fine. And the next day I went back and I was like, you know, what do we do? I I done some research. I told my mom, you know, buy me a system. I want to learn. Um, I done some research and I went back and we tried to do something. And in the next 
Plus, I had my first website up. So I had actually learned HTML in one week. I made my first website. I went to the computer teacher and I said, hey, do you want to check this out for me? I made this website. Wow. And he said, HTML is something we're going to do next year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then I got a fan following from school. And that's when I thought, you know, this is cool. So there are elements of personal branding lessons, which I got from that time as well. Right. Wow. That, that is some story. So then from there, you started this and then you became a consultant, weren't you? You, you became a consultant Correct. and uh, you were basically a consultant for growth hacking. Correct. So I realized that the digital marketing ecosystem per se is very saturated. Everyone is using the same channels people are on. So this is how digital marketers think, right? They'll be like, okay, this is my goal. Now, how can I use Facebook, Google, Instagram, email, or ads to achieve my goal. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking in a more traditional um, Japanese principle way. So I was, I'm a fan of Miyamoto Musashi. He's, he's the greatest swordsman who ever lived from Japan. And he mm-hmm. wrote a quote and he says, you know, always remember that there is more than one way to the top of the mountain. Right. So there's always more than one way. I used to get a requirement from the client and I used to think, what are the, what are all the channels that I can use to achieve this goal? Forget about Facebook, Gmail, forget, I mean, email, forget about everything that everyone is using. Let's Mm. think about what are all the possible channels. If something is coming up new, if, if I can get influencers on TikTok today, why not? You know, why should I not use that channel as my main strategy? Why should I not use all of these upcoming and emerging channels. So that creative mindset sort of opened up the entire growth hacking space for me. So I ran a lot of experiments for marketing. I didn't, I didn't even know back then that this was called growth hacking. I started doing this way back and, you know, uh, even, even the experiments that I was doing from two, 2009 onwards are all uh, experimental marketing or validation mm-hmm. marketing or, you know, which all forms, uh, which all comes together as growth hacking. And uh, the first client, in fact, which I consulted for growth hacking was Philips. Wow. So, so Philips has, um, in Bangalore, they have the Philips Innovation Labs. Mm-hmm. That's the first place I was hired as a consultant for growth hacking. Nice. That is nice. That's some story.